Welcome to the CBA Grain Exchange Podcast. This is your host, Luke Beckman, Grain Sales Manager for Central Valley Ag. During this podcast, we dissect the latest USDA updates and discuss other key market features. Every month, you will hear from different members of the CBA Grain Team on what trends we are seeing in the marketplace and solutions to current marketing challenges. Welcome to the last day of September. This is Luke Beckman here today in York, Nebraska, talking about the September stocks report. I'm joined today by Aaron DeSmith, the Senior Grain Merchandising Manager for Central Valley Ag. Aaron, welcome to the CVA Grain Exchange. Thanks for having me on, Luke. Aaron, tell us a little bit about your background. A little bit about my background. I've kind of been, uh, majority of my career so far has been with uh, ADM, recently joined CVA a little less than a year ago. I've been before I joined CVA, I started in, in the grain industry for about four and a half years um, and then spent some time working in the ethanol industry um, and sourcing grain for for both Cedar Rapids, Clinton, and Columbus. And then after that, I, I moved uh, there uh, to corporate indicator and did some export trading, um, barges and, and feed and things like that. After that, I spent a little less than a year with uh, Indigo Ag at a startup there, you know, and trying to help uh, build their origination network. Awesome. So kind of a variety of experiences, uh, some big companies, startup <laughs> companies, you kind of hit yeah. both ends of the spectrum there, Aaron. Yeah. So from your perspective, uh, now seeing the cooperative system and, and being involved uh, in that ownership model, how does the cooperative system differ from some of those previous experiences? I think the cooperative system uh, really helps the farmer the, our, who, is, who is our owner. Being with ADM and being at a, at a private company, um, it, was, it was about what, what drives their shareholders, um, you know, whether it be you know, further down the line in, in their value chain. Um, uh, for us, our, our value chain is, is here, is, is in Nebraska, and, and is for our patrons. So, um, and from ADM, I moved on to Indigo, and you know, from, from that standpoint, dealing, being at a startup, uh, you really got to dive into different possibilities and, and, and what could be some value add for farmers that, uh, that bigger companies are, are not doing today um, and kind of aligns with, with farmer mentalities and, and, and how to help them. Well, we're excited to have you uh, on staff, Aaron, and just the variety of experiences that you can bring to the table, really from a trading standpoint, a little bit of export uh, market mm-hmm. experience. So uh, happy to have you here. So wanted to get your flavor and your input on the show. And we've got kind of an interesting report. A stocks report's a great opportunity to bring a merchandiser in because uh, stocks numbers really impact uh, market structure as we think about corn and soybean markets and carries and inverses. So uh, appropriate to have you on today. So let's talk a little bit about the quarterly stocks report out today. So September 30th, it's a measure of all grain uh, in all positions as of September 1st. This is done by the National Ag Statistics Service. So today we did get a bullish surprise in corn and beans both on the corn side uh, we were 258 million bushels below expectations today nas uh, reported a 1.995 billion bushel stocks number as of september 1 so that was uh, well under uh, the expectations coming in it really implies that feed and residual usage was quite a bit higher than uh, what we would have expected coming in. USDA or NAS, excuse me, also went back and revised their June uh, quarterly stocks numbers. That's not something that happens very often. And when it does, it's usually a small revision. 
big revision today, 200 uh, plus million bushel revision in that June number. So really, you kind of distill it and, and, and look into the numbers today. It really implies that last year's crop size was, uh, it was overstated and, and they're truing up the numbers uh, here today. So uh, that was really the big part, obviously some regional differences, but Aaron, I'm gonna kind of flip that over to you. What were your takeaways from today's corn numbers? It was a, it was a good surprise. Yeah, I think it it confirmed you know them going back to bringing that carry out down. It just makes you makes you wonder what would have happened if if that would have been revised you know pre COVID. And if you, looking back on on last year in terms of in terms of basis and spreads and seeing seeing those good values um, at the beginning of the year or before COVID um, and just seeing the spreads you know carry in the market not not really being there really makes you wonder what what would have happened had it had it have been right to begin with I guess what are you I mean you're speculate for us you know how that would have impacted it you know had those numbers maybe been known right up front so the big thing has been uh, lack of farmer selling this year and have we had we have had more accurate numbers to begin with I would have imagined that the board price would have been higher um, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't have been such a basis struggle such a lack of mark or lack of carry struggle and it would the ownership would would have been a, a lot easier and, and definitely more defined yeah, when you're talking about that, really, it's, you know, as we kind of look in the rear view, uh, it was a year where farm inventories were held pretty tightly um, for a variety of reasons. COVID certainly was part of that. Probably some uh, stimulus money uh, was part of that. But yeah, if this crop ended up being quite a bit smaller. When we say this crop, we're talking about last harvest. 2019 mm-hmm. harvest is a smaller crop than what was originally reported. You're saying if that would have been known kind of as we've gone along that the price of grain price of corn really would have been higher yeah for, you know over the course of the last six nine months absolutely and farmer was essentially right with with the crop not being there and being such a tight holder feeling that the crop was value was more valuable than than what he was able to get from the board i think really really shows that absolutely regionally aaron when you look at uh, the numbers, what did you pull away? Because they do give us kind of a state-by-state breakdown of stocks. Anything to glean from the numbers there? Yeah, that's my, uh, I really pulled that, was diving into those numbers. The big thing that I did see was Illinois was off of almost a, pretty much right on 180 million bushels that they that they were short compared to the, the previous year. And I when I look at, at that, going through the entire, the eastern portion east of the Mississippi had had lower stocks numbers um, and I think that that was due to the to the crop issues that that had been there and kind of think about the way that grain movement has been and they have been kind of the leader in basis just recently before you know in September we saw some very good basis numbers happening out east but we were still seeing you know relatively steady numbers in the west and I think that's kind of confirmed because Nebraska year over year is pretty much the same. Uh, kind of that eastern pole uh, probably helps explain why our spreads were really narrow. You, you kind of hear us on this show talk about carries um, and how that's important to uh, a grain marketing plan. And we just we didn't feel a lot of carry in the corn market over the course of the last year. And uh, a shorter crop out east is, is certainly going to be a reason for that. Very much so. Um, and especially along 
the export channel that is that is the river market um, that that really is is a driver when it when it comes down to spreads with it being less there less demand I know they're only about 20 percent of the corn market but they're bigger influence on on the bean market but that demand really drives convergence in terms of in terms of spreads and, and actual demand um, and that's that was a big big player in it and why you saw spread so firm Good stuff on the corn, Aaron. Let's move over to the soybean side today. A uh, little bit of a bullish surprise there as well. Uh, soybean stocks numbers reported at 523 million bushels as of September 1st. That's 52 million less than expectations. Through those numbers, really the residual usage, which residual usage on the soybean balance sheet is like this black mystery box, right? It's just kind of a fudge number. And basically they had it uh, as a negative number since June which basically suggested that last year's crop size was too small. You know, they, they underestimated last year's crop. Well, today, uh, stocks numbers come in 52 million bushels under expectations. It kind of negates that. Last year's crop was probably not underestimated. It's probably uh, where it needs to be. Uh, nevertheless, stocks are uh, smaller in beans than what we thought. So, uh, again, constructive for the bulls today. Aaron, what were your takeaways as you look at the soybean numbers today? I, th- I really think that that they were they were a lot more accurate than than the corn numbers were, and with that with that differential, what I could see is we saw a lot of demand coming in late in the in the year um, versus. We, we saw export uh, from the PNW and, and exports from from the Center Gulf on beans really start to pick up uh, come July and August. So that that was a that was a big contributing factor to demand and and it and it gets us it gets us excited for for this coming year too with the, with the amount of export sales that we're seeing on beans that that just shrinks that balance that balance sheet down even more because we've, we've got a 50 50 less billion bushel carry out strong export demand up front here and if those numbers are are accurate we could be we can be closer to a 400 million bushel carry out yeah i'm just plugging in uh today's uh final carry out numbers for 1920 those become the carry in numbers for 2021 you know so we're uh, 52 million bushels lighter on uh soybeans we're 250 uh, 8 million bushels lighter on corn. It changes kind of the picture for the market, Aaron, here as we go forward, uh, really depending on yields for corn and soybeans, but certainly constructive stocks to use uh, percentages got smaller today as a result. So the market's going to be wary and, and very cognizant and sensitive to uh, mm-hmm. a shrinking crop or shrinking yields for corn, especially soybeans with the strongest demand is there. Um, so certainly some opportunities here for the market to uh, stay supported at the very least. Yes, yep, a- absolutely. Over over the the next fourteen days um, for corn, I, I think we're going to need to digest these numbers and 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 see uh, how exports are are driven and things like that. It, it it confirmed that things are tight, and we also we still have the unknown that of of Iowa still derecho that happened uh, going through there it uh, you know it, it leaves uncertainty in, in how big that crop is and beans especially um, you know bean yields are, are so so hard to hard to tell from the field um, you know driving driving by you know looking how everything looks and you know if we get any unexpected surprises there and, and drive bean yields down a touch we, we get into you know 
very low carry out numbers for this for this year and demand with demand being strong we'll just it, it, it's going to be supportive. Absolutely supportive. Going to put a lot of pressure on our uh, friendly neighbors uh, mm. south of the equator to have a good crop. They're trying to grow a good one, but Mother Nature uh, is going to have a say in that. Let's move on to uh, market structure. It really ties into the conversation we're having today. Mm. Uh, we talk about um, how the stocks report can impact market structure. Aaron, what are we talking about when we talk about market structure. In terms of carries or in, in inverses and in, in demand, that, that really is the market structure that, that it, it kind of, and I feel like we kind of shocked it uh, on, on the corn side a, a little bit. I think, you know, as we bring down 250 million bushels in from carry in, that, that's going to, you know, tighten up the balance sheet a little bit more with ex- if there is some some stronger exports we have seen some exports in corn if we start seeing more exports in corn you know is that going to make spreads come in a little bit more um, as as that carry out week as that carry out continues to to weaken here um, feed demand is another I feel like that is very strong because we're seeing less feed wheat being grown or less wheat being grown sorghum is is a very hot topic in terms of exports this year as well so you probably won't see uh, that feed grain being fed either. So it uh, makes me kind of excited uh, from, from the corn side. In terms of beans, we've got a lot of export demand up, up front here. And I think it just shows that the farmer, that the market itself needs the beans up front. And it will drive that, that spread if we continue to get that carry out, out tighter. Yeah, I mean, you talk about soybean spreads and market structure today, uh, really front-loaded demand. So we talk about an inverse November to January futures today is at uh, just shy of a four cent carry. But if you go November to next March, November is a two cent premium Mm -hmm. to next March. So the market's not offering you an incentive to store and hold soybeans today. Not really. Um, And that it's like you you said earlier, our our neighbors to the South growing a good crop. Well, that's usually when the export kind of shifts to the Southern hemisphere. And um, it it just is, is indicating you today that they want the beans over these next uh, five months. Absolutely. Well, uh, Aaron, productive conversation today as you look ahead. Farmers are uh, probably on the back half of soybean harvest in Nebraska, Iowa, and Kansas, uh, getting into corn harvest. What are three things farmers should be thinking about here? I, th- I think one of the major major things is if we have some HTAs on, you know, as we talk, we we talked about um, looking at at the demand structure here. You talked about being a four cent uh, four cent carry on, on beans. Um, if this crop gets smaller, there's an there there could be potential that 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 four cents to January goes away. Um, if you're trying to capture any carry, if you do have beans in the bin, so I would be looking at, at HTAs there um, and and locking in um, that that futures difference and doing the same for for corn. If we are planning to store corn and we do have HTAs on, might look at locking in some of that carry because if this if this carry out shrinks anymore, if we get any bullish news from Iowa that the, the spreads will will come in and our, our carry that we can lock in will, will go away. Another big thing, seeing close to $4 futures on, on December 21, you know, is that is that a good profitable starting point for, for the farmer? Are we going to be growing corn next, you know, as we start looking at things, how does that pencil in? And should I look at laying off some risk and, and, and locking in, you know, hopefully above a 350 cash sale off the combine? Absolutely. Uh, good opportunities presenting themselves on this rally. Uh, you mentioned potentially $4, D's 21. 
Uh, also, Nov 21, uh, the market is inverted, mm -hmm. and we've got a better price here for Nov 20. Nov 21, uh, not getting too far away from $10. So there are some opportunities presenting themselves for next year's crop, which I know we're harvesting this year's, but uh, always good to be looking ahead. Aaron, appreciate uh, your, your input on today's numbers and sharing some of your time with us to discuss some important things happening in the grain markets. That's going to do it for us in episode number seven of the CBA Grain Exchange. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch up with you in October. Thanks for listening to the CBA Grain Exchange. Stay up to date on all things CBA Grain by signing up for our grain emails at cbacoop.com slash grain or follow us on social media at Central Valley Ag on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Tune in next month, and until then, stay safe.